Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome to the Mandatory Codec, episode 7. And for the first time in the Mandatory Codex history, we got webcams turned on. Um, I'm not really too comfortable with the whole webcam thing, just because I don't stream a lot. But I know it's a good engagement for like the Twitch uh, and everyone else watching instead of just seeing a static picture in the background. But enough of that. Let's welcome my seventh guest in the podcast. I'm sure everyone has heard of him. You guys know him a lot better than you know me. Uh, daily streamer, daily grinder, a huge Metal Gear fan. Um, Joseph Joestar. What's going on, Joe? How's it going? Yeah, I'm more than just you know a huge Metal Gear fan, but of the community and you know of course I I love streaming as well. But we got we got a lot of good topics to talk about tonight, and you know, and of course with the uh, adding of the webcams, yeah, I guess that's uh, a nice thing to be a part of that for like a first first trial. Yeah, there might be <laughs> some hiccups here and there. You're gonna be you're gonna be my guinea pig to to test it all out if anything does go wrong. Uh, apologize to you, but but I'm gonna test it out on you. So, how's your Sunday? How's your Super Bowl Sunday? Did you watch the Super Bowl at all? I actually did watch parts of the Super Bowl. Uh, I normally stream on Sundays, but I, you know, tweeted uh, to my community that it's like, yeah, I'm just gonna mm -hmm. take it easy, watch Super Bowl. But I don't know, it wasn't really much of a game. It's just yeah. you just can't beat Brady, you know, as much as uh, but. Yeah, oh, I'm after, sorry, go ahead. I said after halftime, yeah, like you said, it just wasn't a fun watch after that unless you were maybe rooting for Brady or the Bucks. But in terms of entertainment from like a neutral field, wasn't really much of a game after halftime. It got kind of boring towards the end, but I'm sure I'm sure a lot of people are like, we don't care about sports right now. Let's uh let's talk Metal Gear with Joe. So Joe, let's do a little intro. Um so before speedrunning, before everything, let's take it back to Metal Gear only. What was your introduction to Metal Gear, and how did you get involved? You know, not even just speedrunning it, but just becoming a fan of it. Well, I guess uh, it all starts with uh, my older brother having the PS2 in the house, and he, I don't know how he obtained it, but he had Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty, and I saw him playing it, and I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. I never really seen a game like this, and up until then, I never really, I guess, had that interest for uh, stealth like uh tactic games like that so i you know was waiting for him to like be out of the house one day and i was like oh yeah let me uh let me try this and you know of course the first alert that i got i dropped the controller out of fright i was just like God, what is this it's like dude i didn't realize it was gonna be this scary but then of course i went back tried it again and you know i really started to understand like how to play it and um then i guess over the years it was then adding uh substance snake eater uh, and I think by the time I got to Metal Gear Solid 4, I think that's when I kind of considered really invested in the, the series and then Twin Snakes, which was prior to that. But like MGS4 is really where it kind of clicked in like, yeah, I really like this. Um, did you get and I've just been kind of... Did you get it off release date or was it MGS4? Did you play it at a later time? Uh, my older brother did. Um, of course, he had the PS3 at the time. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we were kind of just sharing consoles uh, when we were growing up. But when I was on my own, I got the PS3 Slim, which I still use to this day, uh, specifically for MGS4 and uh, Metal Gear Solid HD Collection, which was kind of like a two-for-one bonus for me because I was originally going to get it for four, but then by the time that I went, 
HD collection was like just released, and I was like, oh wow, this is a this is a steal. I mean, you're getting two through four and, and Peace Walker, mm -hmm. you know, all in one go, and it's like you know it doesn't get any uh, sweeter than that. Yeah, the Sony and the PlayStation. It was Metal Gear that was like selling points for me when I was first starting out on the PS3. Um, so going like, I bought a PS3 because of MGS4. And then I bought a PS4 because of MGS5. Um, mm -hmm. But let's go back to you said MGS2 was your first game, right? Yeah. Um, then how long did it take you to play MGS1? Because when you play MGS2, a lot of it makes no sense. A lot of the story, it doesn't really tie together until you play MGS1. So how long was it that you kind of went back to MGS1, understood that story, and then went back to MGS2 and you connected the dots together? I think the first time I played MGS1, I'm trying to think, it was, I think a first go around of it was maybe like seven, eight years ago, but the time I really understood and connected the dots, like you said, was probably these past two years, because uh, one of the projects for me was to try to really understand the game for real, and as well as adding it to the growing list of games I could speedrun, um, and I guess it was through speedrunning that got me really interested in just like the whole uh you know legacy of you know trying to understand these metal gear games and you know of course uh whether if it was all bosses or any percent but uh, as far as understanding the story i think it didn't really kind of click in until like these past few years okay okay so did you were you speed running some of the games before you were even casually playing the games or were you casual first? Then I guess looking... I was going to say, looking back, it was casual. Then I tell people this all the time, but like, Metal Gear Solid 4 was the first game I ever got the big boss rank in. Like, I actually tried to go for those those challenge ranks um, that I was even aware of it. Because, like, you know, I was kind of looking for something exciting and, you know, when I was playing these games. And I was like, okay... I'll try Big Boss and MGS2, and then three years ago, I was like, man, this is impossible. I can't mm -hmm. do this. So I moved on to MGS3, took a while, then I eventually got Foxhound, and it was like a three-hour run. I know, funny, right? I mean, I'm looking back on this, like, man, three hours. Uh, but then 4 was really the one that got me uh, pushing myself to be better, and um, and I guess at the time, it had Metal Gear Online 2 for the, uh, the multiplayer component back when it still had it. I know there's a way to to play it now but mm. i don't know those days were kind of behind me as far as you know headshot spamming because i mean for anyone that's played it, that's basically all it was was just you know this quick movement boxing and then for like a, an instant to lower your head and then you just flick headshot somebody with the m4 from across the map and i i don't miss that part of it um but i guess going back to it's like uh when i was playing them it was like yeah it's just for fun casual and then started to do big boss attempts in four and then uh what really got me started uh for speed running when i actually recognized it as such was i started uh streaming on twitch and i was trying to go through like some games that i was interested in at the time and then again older brother um can't credit him enough he comes up to me and he's like hey you know what do you think about playing uh some of your metal gear games for twitch and i was like well like what He's like, well, I mean, you could try MGS2 because, like, he remembers I was trying to do the, you know, the rank one challenge stuff. And he's like, yeah, why don't you make that as a first project? Like, 
you know, get yourself better at the game, get the rank and like speed run. And I was like, okay. And then I tried it for a while. Then I saw Tyler run it at, I believe it was AGDQ 2018, uh, PS3 HD collection. And then I was like, man, if he could do it with, you know, tens of thousands of people watching, I mean, not even just the people in the room, but, you know, all over the world. I was like, man, if he could do it, I mean, what's really stopping me from uh, trying to do it myself? And uh, it's it's almost funny to say, but yeah, it's been like two, two and a half years since I first started. And I felt like, man, this, this was really uh, the thing that meant a lot was, you know, more than just playing the game, but like really try to find something that felt like it was uh, like a great fit. So how did, how was your first MGS2? You know, was it, were you speed running when you first started streaming? Or were you playing casually when you first started streaming MGS2? Or were you doing like a mixture of both? Um, I th believe when I first started, I was trying to learn it on extreme, like actually speed run. And there's a, there's a clip somewhere. I don't know if it's in my intro or if it's in my outro videos that, uh, my video editor made, but I was trying to learn it on extreme. And this also leads to how I got involved in MGSR to begin with, but I was, I was on Ray's. The run has been going on for at least like three hours. And I know again, three hours at MGS2, but it was a, it was a really bad day. Um, but I was trying to, you know, go through this. It was actually the first stream as an affiliate um, since I was trying to grind the stats to get the affiliate uh, sub button. And, you know, Mac McD comes in, you know, with like 23 people. And it may not sound like a lot to some people, but at the time I just went nuts and I was like, man, this is incredible. And, you know, he saw what I was doing and he said, yeah, I was, you know, speed running very easy on MGS2 PC, which I didn't realize that was a thing yet. Um, and then he was like, oh, have you ever heard of MGSR? He's like, oh yeah, I, let me give you the discord link. They're a great bunch of people. And, you know, I remember it was like in past GDQ runs, like Plywood, Tyler, Jaguar King would, would pitch that. And I was like, you know, maybe there's really something to it so i i joined the discord and it was just a really welcoming experience because it was just it was more than just a community of people that are fans of the game but they are passionate about speed running and depending on the games you can ask you know the right people the right question to what you may be stuck on and you know maybe even try to challenge you to learn a game because i know there's people that ask me Oh, have you tried this game? Have you tried that game? Have mm. you tried Phantom Pain? Mm. And sometimes they'll stick, and other times it's like, you know what, guys? As much as I <laughs> like Phantom Pain in some ways, I'm just not ready to, you know, dive into that game just yet. Although that's really the only thing stopping me from doing an anthology run, um, where I was like, you know, I was watching Glenn as well as uh, Pythonicus. Uh, I remember they were like racing each other doing anthology. I was like, oh, wow, that sounds pretty cool. So that's what I started adding more games to the list because it started with MGS2. Mm -hmm. Then I added three since they were two games I was roughly familiar with. Then I added four, which, you know, was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. But uh, I started multi-subject and it was Sergeant Silent that, that in a nice way, he kind of like poked me into saying, <laughs> yo, dude. I'm watching your runs and it's like you're doing single segment strats but you're saving. He's like, "Why don't you why don't you do single segment?" And I was yeah. doing multi-segment and, and and you know very well there's some multi-segment strats you could do, but Yeah, but when you, you first, know, Sarge was like, "Hey, I... yeah, when you first start out a run, it's not like you're just going to come off the 
gate swinging going for multi-segment strats you need so there is always like that beginning growing pains everyone goes through learning a game and when you do it on stream like everyone criticizes every little step you take it's like well yeah you don't you want me to become an expert overnight learning mgs4 multi-segment like you gotta give me a little time so that's why whenever i do see people like learning a game fresh or learning a game new like i don't just come in their stream and be like oh actually you could do it this way or actually you should do it this way it's like you gotta back off at the beginning let them learn the yeah. game well, i mean i didn't want to also make it like you know like this was after um you know let's say on my fourth or video fourth or fifth video submission you know, because at the very beginning, Sarge uh, was like jumping for joy. It was like, wow, yeah. you know, and there's another runner. But then by the time I was submitting runs to get better, like I was getting close to two hours and he's like, dude, what's stopping you from doing singles? And I was like, well, the alerts, you know, I mean, I go into a room, I make a mistake and there goes the rank. And, mm -hmm. you know, he's like, well, I get that. But it's like, you know, when I watch your videos, it's like you have the skill set potential to do single segment, but you're running it as a a multi-segment which isn't wrong like there's nothing wrong with it we have a section on the board for that but right. i think he was just trying to see what was really holding me back and i was like oh, i guess it was me were you doing the resistance um, trick but in your multi-segment that came later uh because i believe sergeant silent told me about that okay uh because he was like yeah dude you should look up the resistance trick because he was noticing like i was losing chunks of time in act three before even touching bike escape which Again, that's like a place where runs go to die if you're on big yeah. bus pace. But that is that is a game. But where, I mean, it like multi segment. Even if you're you're not going for world record multi segment, I understand people that would like to run that game multi segment just to get the big boss rank. Even though you're not trying to get world record or do the super crazy multi segment splits or strats, I should say. But I guess at the same time, even though I kind of reverted to singles it also kind of exposed me to the any percent category because i think his point he was trying to make to me was you know sometimes you know we get these tendencies to care too much about the rank at times mm -hmm. and you know i'll even get people telling me like yeah dude if the times are good i mean just let the rank go and that that took a long time to kind of get over that and eventually it's like you know i look at it as like okay if I'm going into a section of the run that I know is risky, but there's a time potential, you just got to go for the time potential and then just go for the rank another day because I then got interested in the any percent uh, portion of MGS4, not just, you know, big boss runs all the time, which, again, that's what I started with. I like doing it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's actually any percent that made me... I feel like it made me a better runner because it made me realize how much time I was losing in stuff like movements, menus... Uh, or even just like weapon swaps, um, item weapon swaps. Um, it was just like a little bit of everything made me truly realize like, yeah, dude, I was just losing time just from what could have been just like being lazy. But then mm -hmm. I would realize over the course of the run, it's like, dude, I'm losing like two and a half minutes in act one just from like stupid stuff, you know, stuff that I could fix. I mean, not two and a half minutes because frogs didn't show up at the stairwell, even though I detonated the satchel at the right time and they just spawned in late i mean it's just um i feel like it made me a better runner at that game and then same with mgs2 where again people were looking for people that go into the very easy category tourney mm -hmm. and i was on the the opposite spectrum of that but then going into very easy um has rewarded and improvement because 
again, it teaches you a lot of the same fundamentals and basics that apply to everything. And it just made me self-evaluate like, yeah, I'm doing too, too many cartwheels. I'm doing too many like weapon swaps in mm -hmm. places that just were unnecessary. Um, mm -hmm. But people can't stop me from memeing. Um, I know yeah, Plywood tells me, he's like, yeah, you, it's like you're always memeing in your runs. And I get chastised for using the analog of the EF connecting bridge. But I tell people, hey, on European Extreme, when I'm going down the bridge after Fat Man, I'm doing the same muscle memory movement. That's where it comes from. I just carried that over to VE. People think I do this like out of spite to like trigger everyone where it's like, dude, why aren't you using D-pad? It's like, what? I did this on Euro and got away with it. Yeah, well, we'll cover the memeing, um, memeing stuff later on. Um, but going back to like you were saying with the any percent of the VE, VE, you mentioned Mac McD. I'd like to give a shout out to Mac McD. Big legend in the MGSR community. Um, so the one thing, I was kind of in your boat as well, where when I first started running, it was rank one or nothing. Like I wasn't interested yeah. in anything else. I didn't care if my time was four hours or five hours. As long as I got that rank one, that's all that mattered. And then as I got exposed to other runners and other people that were kind of pushing in the, the any percent or I've seen other people do any percent, my first thought was, well, this is cheating. Like, this is obviously easier. Um, just from, like, an outside perspective, I didn't really know much about it. And I feel like this topic gets discussed in almost every podcast I've done. Um, but what any percent, and even lower difficulties, what they will teach you that starting on Euro or, like, rank one, it's a little harder to learn is your movement and just the time, like, menu time, your movements. And those two big things can save you so much time that you're not really aware of at the beginning where you're just so much focused on okay i got no alerts in that room then i did okay or i know what i didn't die so i did okay where like any percent even though you do trigger that alert or if you if you run past the area your movement has to be super tight if you want to get a good time so i do understand like where you're coming from and on on that boat so going back to now mgs2 you when did you start learning the ve category because you participated in the uh very easy tournament and you weren't a ve runner before that tournament correct you learned that ve for the tournament yeah so i think the way that it went was uh we had i don't know if there was a thing before like the ve tourney but people were uh trying to like it was you know dean limes apache they were trying to like reach out to people to say hey you know, we're looking for people that might be interested in running in this. And, mm. you know, it, it came to me where it's, I was running MGS2 at the time. It's like, hey, would you be interested in doing very easy? And I was figuring, okay, I mean, it can't be that bad. I mean, it's, you know, it might be a different change in the routing mm -hmm. of some things. But, um, you know, I was really bad when I first started very easy. Because, uh, again, it was like everything was turned upside down. It was like, wait, I have to go this way instead of that way. I don't have this guard to worry about and, and this room is empty. Mm -hmm. um, but it did teach me to learn the category and improve it. And the one thing I truly appreciate from learning very easy other than just the basics is just the swim glitch. Um, when I was doing extreme Euro and just European extreme, I never did the swim glitch. I never did the ladder glitch. Um, but over time on extreme European extreme, um, it was, uh, I remember it was uh, D-Limes and Saladin's Revenge was uh, 
was in the, the my stream one night and I was just trying to figure out how to do the ladder glitch skip and pulled one of Tanker and I was like, man, I just can't get it. And because I didn't have the gamepad viewer for the controller because I was on console, it was kind of hard for them to diagnose what I was doing wrong. So they're like, yo, dude, you gotta, you gotta hold your controller up to the cab like this. And then it was like, okay, hold on. Let me just turn my whole body around and then go like this and see what the heck I'm doing. Yeah, I did do that. I mean, I was like, I had to like move my chair over, hold my controller up to the <laughs> webcam and they were able to figure out right away. It's like, yeah, dude, you're just pressing it too fast. You got to space it out. That's the um, ghetto uh, gamepad viewer. You just hold up your controller like this. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, there was no other way to do it because I was, yeah. I, I just kept doing it consistently the wrong way. But going back to very easy, uh, you know, before I got into the VE tourney, which then was also the very easy league we just finished, um, I didn't really do the swim glitch because I was like, man, every time I saw it, it just looked like it was over my head, like I mm -hmm. couldn't do it. Um, then I pulled up a, a guide one day uh, that Tyler did on the swim glitch and he showed it on you know the consoles the PC and I was kind of looking at how he was explaining it and it's like okay you know I don't see what's stopping me from trying this because especially at this point um, I was now on MGS2 PC uh, which has its benefits uh, for doing things like the swim glitch because the frame rate is uh, more consistent um, but it was like I had a match coming up for the very easy tourney um, and I didn't tell anybody that I was going to do the swim glitch. And I literally just learned it hours before my matchup and I did it in the race, like almost near perfectly. And it was like, people just like their jaws dropped, like, I mean, figuratively, but it was like, like, dude, he learned the swim glitch. Holy shit. <laughs> you know? And it's like, you know, like the, I'm trying to think there was some, Oh yeah, so like in the, what I tell people is like, yeah, like in the holds, because I like the domino strat, because I like the swim glitch, like there's moments where I just don't do it. I mean, it's like, once I've done the swim glitch, I just continuously do it. And in a race, you know, I just, I just do it anyway, even if I'm ahead or behind, I just, it just seemed like, you know, if I could do the swim glitch, mm -hmm. I mean, swimming normally just didn't really seem like it was beneath me or anything because from a racing perspective, and I learned this the hard way against Platonic the first time I raced him, was he tried the swim glitch and failed, and I saw that he failed, so I tried to do it myself, and I did it even worse than he did. <laughs> and it's moments like this when D-Limes would tell me, it's like, yeah, dude, it's times like this, like, mm. you just have to make a calculated decision not to swim glitch, or if you try it and you know it's not going to work, you have to abandon it, and it was just, I didn't have that discipline to abandon it. Um, or even just, like, bypass it. But um, I still enjoyed my time in the Very Easy Tourney as well as the VE League. Um, it made all of us better. Um, I mean, BMN, he he had the best time in the league when I raced him in the semifinals. It was absolutely incredible how well he played. And it was like, there was just, like, after that matchup and, like, you know, when we ended the stream, it was just like, dude, he's going to win the whole thing. No <laughs> one's catching up to that. <laughs> I and I was just the... like, yeah, dude, I just ate his space dust. There was no catching up to him. But, uh, so he but, lost uh, to Platonic. But yeah. But I like, to, I like to change the story. So when people ask, I say, he lost to Platonic the first time around, but he learned his lesson from the swim glitch, and then he beat him the second time around. I like to leave the other details out of the picture. That works with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So let's, uh, 
talk about MGS3 tourney coming up real quick. Um, so you've done the MGS VE League. Now we're going to the tourney. How do you feel about the participating in it? And what do you expect from this MGS3? This, this is not VE anymore. This is Euro Extreme now. Mm -hmm. And that's the category you run anyway. So what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, now that I've also been uh, accepted into this uh, little marathon that I uh, got MGS4 and went back in, I'm actually just double-checking that the timing will work out for me still, but assuming that all things are good, uh, as far as running Euro, it's... Like MGS4, it's taught me just to accept the mistakes. You know, because... There's some rooms in that game are just incredibly unforgiving. Mm. You know, both Shia Pass South, the forest section after the warehouse when you come back. I mean, warehouse one and two when you yeah. come back. The mountains, like, there's... It, it's it's a game where it really just comes down to a lot of execution. There's hardly any RNG from guards you have to worry about. I mean, the, the worst RNG element in the entire run is the Fury. You know, it's just... You get a great fight, an average fight, or he just does none of the above, and you're losing time, or you'll just get killed, um, or both. And it's, uh, as far as racing in Euro, I've had both good and somewhat not so good experiences racing in that category. Um, when I was racing Big O Chief, uh, I think a Fury got to him pretty heavily. I remember that. Um, and yeah, and I know what it's like to be in that position. I mean, when I was running it, uh, not too long ago, I was like, dude, the Fury is just kicking my butt. <laughs> you know, I just kept getting left spawn, right spawn, mm. left spawn, goes down tunnel, left spawn, doesn't do jetpack loop. And, and then I just rolled over just to reset it because I knew it was, uh, you know, a bad fight. And I could just understand what his frustration must have felt like. Um, and then when I was racing you uh, in the last relay race that we did, and it was like, I fell face flat at the very beginning. You know, dealing with like the first set of guards, and it was, and I love to blame pressure sense for this all the time, but I was trying to do a, a shoot and roll knockout, and when I lowered the gun instead of firing, and I rolled, and I tried to stick him up to back up, and then I bumped into him yeah, by accident, I and I got that. the first alert so early, and I was just like, oh, "You gotta be joking, dude!" It's like I didn't even get out of virtuous yet, and I already got an alert. Uh, continue screen. Uh, but with that said, it's. You know, it's the thing that I tell people in racing is that just because you're a good speedrunner doesn't automatically qualify you as a good racer because, you know, stuff happens. You know, mm -hmm. you're not going to expect a, a near perfect run or even just something that's on what would be PB pace. You just have to really focus on your run, minimize the mistakes. I mean, I tell people, it's like, you know, the only way I think I can win this is just getting zero continues. Like, just forget about everything else. I mean, if I get a average fight, I mean, I'll just let it go. I'll just be mm. glad they didn't kill me. Uh, but if I was uh, going for like a PB run and I screwed up a boss fight, it's just like, ugh, yeah. man, I just couldn't hit the pain today. Yeah, that's, um, that's how I feel. It's like, a, and you gotta know your backups. That's the big thing about races. Because it's not really, your, you're not really trying for PB. So if something does go wrong, you really can tell who are the really good runners since they'll go to the backups instead of taking the time loss and resetting the whole room. Um, uh, the other thing yeah, that plus, Go ahead. Oh, yeah, I, I was just going to say on top of just knowing your backups and just awareness is, uh, you know, 
it's very easy to get flustered in a race, mm -hmm. especially when you know you're behind or if you made a mistake, that's going to get you behind. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of tell, you know, those that are experienced with dealing with those things and others yeah. that just seem like it implodes, um, where it's just like series of mistakes after another. Um, and really the only way to remedy that is just to do more races, um, not really to kind of hold yourself too much um, when something doesn't go so well. Um, but it's more or less just keeping your mindset focused on something else and not let the jitters of the race, or if you know you screwed up, mm -hmm. not to let that overwhelm you, but it's just like, you just say, okay, yeah, I, I effed up, but now it's like, okay, what can I do, uh, to make this up or just keep an eye on what the other racers up to and say, okay, maybe an opportunity will present itself later, but just focus on what you're doing in front of you, not evaluate like you know what the rest of the run's going to be like just because of this one yeah. mistake like if it was a pb run are you you know it's it's hard to get over but it's something that just takes experience are you one of those people that watches your competitors stream to see if you're ahead or behind or do you just not pay attention and do your own thing uh i'll have their feet up but the thing that i try to do is not watch it too much you know yeah. like i'll pick certain sections where let's say during the very easy league it's like i'll check to see okay, what kind of Olga did they get? And then by the time I get done with my pictures, I'll look to see, okay, are they done with the holds? And something, you know, stuff like, okay, how was their fat man fight? Their Harrier, did they do swim glitch or not? I mean, mm -hmm. and then I, I use that part of the run to kind of like evaluate, like if I'm ahead or behind. And if I know that I'm behind and I see them going in, it's like, okay, are they going to do the swim glitch or not? And part of it is, knowing the person you're racing you know what their tendencies are mm -hmm. uh, but if it's an unknown where i haven't raced them or haven't seen them run before then i just have to kind of go with my instinct um and then just say okay if they're skipping the swim glitch and i feel pretty good about doing it then i was like okay i'm just gonna go for it but if i know the race is pretty tight then i'm not gonna watch them as much because then i feel like you're splitting your focus like it should be always on what you're doing first Mm -hmm. And then if there's a moment to relax, then you can kind of look to see, okay, what are they up to? Because um, that's one thing I tell people is not to focus so much on what the other racer is up to, because then it can influence um, indirectly what you're doing and cause you to screw up. And now all of a sudden you're behind just like that. Right, right, right. All right. So the first uh, topic we've talked for half an hour. So let's, uh, let's move on. Uh, let's try to stick to schedule. So next thing is your path to partner. Now, I'm always lurking in your streams almost on a daily basis while I'm working or got your stream in the background and very entertaining. I like your presentation. I like your attitude towards the whole uh, speed running thing. Um, so when did you first set your mind that partner is your goal? And then when did you decide that you know what, you're gonna do this on a daily basis? Is this something you really enjoy doing day after day? Uh, let's see. So I first started streaming actively uh, September of, I think it was 2018, and I wasn't even affiliated yet. So I was just, you know, just another user on the Twitch cyberspace. Uh, but then within three to four months, and it was on New Year's Day that I got the sub button, which was also the, the first MGS2 like speed run. I tried to do which was also when mac mcd raided me so i figured hey <laughs> it was mac meant McDee. to be 
Yeah, I mean, Mac McD is an incredible guy. You know, definitely check him out. I mean, I know he doesn't stream as much, but I mean, definitely check out his YouTube. Uh, he produces really good uh, quality stuff on there. Mm. Um, but I guess going back to the, the partner thing, so like the original goal was get to affiliate, you know, made it within a few months. I was like, okay, this is great. You know, see what the rest of the year looks like. And then it was towards the end of the first year of doing this, then... I kind of evaluate it's like okay what did I think of this past year and do I want to keep doing it and the immediate answer was yes and the reason for that is because uh, um, before streaming I used to work as a uh, mold design uh, engineer uh, I've talked about this on my stream uh, here and there mm -hmm. um, I, haven't heard you know, I try so. to keep the stream content on yeah, I try to keep the stream content on what I'm doing at the time or just talking with chat, but uh, I used to work as a mold design engineer, and for those that don't know what it is, um, I don't blame you, <laughs> but I'll just kind of summarize as best as I can. Uh, so a, a mold design engineer is basically someone that 3D models a, you know, a mold that's used for uh, making, like, plastic parts, you know, things like cups, you know, mm. car headlights, you know refrigerator trays mm -hmm. and so what that modeler would do is they'll either model that part that's meant to be manufactured or they'll model the the mold that is part of a injection molding process that's used for making that part and so my my job was basically designing a whole steel mold um you know plate by plate and i was using uh solidworks at the time it's like a one of several um, like 3D modeling software out there, like there's AutoCAD, SolidWorks, mm -hmm. um, NX, Autodesk. I mean, I could go on, but uh, anyway, so it, it was a like design position, um, you know, and I guess the, the, the thing that was hard for me was just dealing with the ebbs and flows of the business because it's a craftsman, like trade, like, you know, focused business, right? you know, and, you know, especially when you're hourly and the work is only as good as the work that comes in. You know, it's not a steady business. Some shops thrive and others are just struggling to get anything. Mm -hmm. um, and when you're hourly, that's tough yeah. because, you know, I've seen people get let go because of stuff like that. I'm um, sure I'm not the um, the only one to say that. But um, so part of that was hard to deal with. And then um, especially in that kind of business, like efficiency is everything. And, you know, they just don't really seem like you know people are always as patient to kind of like help when someone else is struggling it's always like you know gotta get this done gotta get this done mm -hmm. so i guess what my point is is like i just felt like even though the the educational technical skill set was there but i just felt like it wasn't really myself you know like i couldn't really be as expressive or mm -hmm. you know mingle with other people like i just it just felt odd yeah. but i was like okay but i could at least do the job but over the years, it was just like, you know, after going from one place to the next to the next, I was just like, you know, I just can't do it anymore. And, you know, of course, uh, the way things panned out for me, uh, because, again, business was slow and I was just struggling. And, you know, I, I was just open and honest with them on what my thoughts were and, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, what was going on at the time but then the question is well why go from that to streaming like like what yeah, yeah. what linked that in so uh i was watching twitch over the years and the one person that i was watching the most that 
really inspired me to, you know, look within and really try to go for this was uh, TSM Fist. Uh, for those that may know him, he's part of the TSM esports organization. He full time streams for them. It's not just all like, um, like like some esports orgs. They sign on people for like competitive stuff, mm-hmm. uh, like they, they they compete professionally. Right. Uh, but some orgs still have uh, competitiveness as well as just the content creators. Um, so I just love the way he would not only just. Uh, when he plays like battle royale games uh, at the time it was PUBG, um, and now there's like you know dozens of them out there but like i just loved his his dedication to what he did for streaming his dedication to being attentive to chat when he could mm-hmm. reads off just about every alert or donation he gets some big streams they just can't get to them all and it just feels like you're in a crowded room mm-hmm. so to speak and it's hard to get to everybody but i just loved his way of being passionate about what he did even if the game is just unforgiving you know it's just it gets frustrating but like he just has that mentality not to just you know lose his composure in a ballistic hissy fit you know i mean some people thrive on that stuff for content but i've Mm -hmm. seen it kind of goes both ways like you you attract not not the right crowd to watch but anyway so like i just loved what he did and just looked at myself it's like you know could I see myself doing that? And after watching him, and then I would watch speed runs on Twitch, you know, when GDQ was, you know, uh, up and running with something, or if ESA was running stuff, and it, it just seemed like the two clicked together. You know, it was like, man, I could see myself doing this. And then once I really started to catch into the idea of like doing speed runs, is one of the main things I could do. It was just like, it was a no brainer. Um, and of course, for those watching, it's like, it's hard to get into streaming. It's honestly, it's a brutally competitive, you know, business, you know, I mean, just, just look in the browse section and just see how many streams are out there. So it's hard mm-hmm. to really kind of, you know, get some space on there, get some traction, but even still, it was just knowing that the odds were stacked against me. It's just, I felt like something within me was just telling me, do it, do it. You know, because it, it just felt like when I would stream, you know, I could be as expressive as I wanted to be. I could be as excited and be attentive as I could be because when I was at work, I was none of it. You know, people watch my streams, you know, kind of get an idea of what I'm all about. But if they saw me what I was like at work, they're like, who is this person? It's not even the same guy. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like in a way it was something that kind of got me from a let's say not so good place uh, mentally into a pathway to really, you know, explore not just what's out there, but explore myself, you know, what can I really do and what things could I have done that I just didn't. Mm -hmm. And like, what was um, like holding me back. And uh, you know, it's just uh, knowing like how hard it is to get to partner because uh uh, for those watching again, uh, so for affiliate, it's like you need to get an average of three viewers over a 30-day period with 50 followers and be streaming for, I think it's like eight out of, or actually in a way that's, uh, like there's an hourly, yeah, yeah. Uh, like like hours per month requirement, and then being on for like eight unique days over 30 days. Mm-hmm. Um, but then for partner, it's, it's tougher, um, which of course is following a, a system that wasn't there, um, like, 
nine, 10 years ago. I mean, for those that are like the original pioneers of like streaming on what was Justin TV at the time, which is now Twitch. Um, it was a more complicated process. Like it wasn't really transparent on what it took, but now it's this, yeah, you got to get 75 average viewers over 30 days, which is a thing that I have tracked on every stream. It's actually linked to my, um, achievements dashboard. So it updates itself every day. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, so it's that, uh, streaming for 25, uh, hours or I don't know, I forget, but then, so it's like the hour and the unique days just kind of scale up. But really the hardest thing for me and, and everyone who's trying to go for partner knows this is getting that, that, that viewership number, yeah. which even then it's, it's not that it guarantees you partnership, but rather you get the opportunity to apply and submit an application and then Twitch reviews it. And then mm -hmm. they give you the thumbs up, thumbs down on it, which then you can, of course, you can apply as many times as you like. Um, like even, like I said, TSM this, um, when he was trying to go for partner, it's like, it took him like four or five times, um, oh. to get it. And it was just like, he had to like, every time it was, you know, it's like, you know, this is why I should be partner. You know, these are the things I'm doing. And it's like, he was really trying to sell, uh, you know, why he should be partner. Um, but for me, it's like, okay, I don't have to really do as much selling, but rather, you know, I tell people, it's like, you know, you got to give people a reason to watch you because again if you want to look at what your competition is mm -hmm. browse page game directory select a game right go down the list i mean that's what you're up against and so the question might come is like well stream popular games then you know that might <laughs> get people in which it can but on the flip side i mean sometimes that's not always the best path forward because sometimes the spike could be temporary. Mm -hmm. You know, some games, uh, they do like these like drops, yeah, um, like viewer drops. So it's like, if you're watching a stream and the streamer has it enabled, then they can get a drop for a game like, you know, Overwatch or Escape from Tarkov or Call of Duty. Mm -hmm. um, and then once the drop ends, then it's just like, it, it disappears. Like that's yeah. just, that's just the way it is. And personally, I dislike that because I feel like it gives people um a false sense that there's huge growth um but at the same time the reason why i don't go that approach is for one i have to be really interested in it you know and really the last time i did anything that was like new was when i did death stranding because uh, at the time chat was like oh are you gonna play it when it comes out are you gonna do a playthrough and i was like you know i'll give it a shot you know and it took a while but the thing is you know I feel like the important thing is starting with a foundation that you yourself can support and be excited and passionate about it. Even if, you know, not a lot of people are, but it's like what's important to you is what matters. And if you show people, you know, why you're passionate about it, why you do it, why you, you know, you know, why you do the speedruns or whatever it is that your content is focused on. Mm -hmm. And the environment that I try to promote is it's like, you know, if you want to watch something that's fun, competitive, you know, or if it's just because of, you know, my personality, you know, the the references that I, I use a lot, or if I was just, you know, being attentive to chat, which I'll admit um, when T-Lives told me this, it's like, he's like, dude, I think you read chat too much. And at the time I was like, oh, dude, get out of here. But then, oh. you know, later it's like, you know, I... 
I do think he was right. I do pay attention to the chat too much because I'll I'll get distracted and then I'll fuck up something in the run and it's just like, oh, I blew up the mine again. Probably should have paid attention. Uh, but it's, but you know, my response back would be, it's like you know, mistakes will happen. But the thing that really makes me excited about streaming in general is is, is interacting with people that watch, because mm. uh, to me that's that's really what it's all about. And for uh, going back to the path to partner is. It's tough, and I know that it's hard, but it's, you know, every time I stream, it's just, I feel like, you know, it's like, it's the right thing to do, um, even with the odds that are set as they are, but uh, people do appreciate, uh, to some extent, like, the just going for goals like that. Some people, they do, like, a one-year stream challenge where they stream every day for a year, mm -hmm. uh, which, personally, I think is insane, but, you know, there's people that do it. Um, some have like sub goals or donation goals or something that gets people motivated to watch for any kind of reason, or maybe they just are infatuated with, you know, just the idea of speedrunning something. Doesn't just have to be whatever game it is. Uh, or like I tell people about why uh, when they ask me like, well, how does V League, you know, so popular um, at the time we were doing it, and and what I told people is like, you know, I think you know people just enjoy watching a good race. You know, I mean, Games Done Quick does it all the time. ESA does it all the time. And, mm. you know, people do generally like watching competition. I mean, it's, you know, that's just what it is. And, you know, and looking back on it, VE League was, you know, despite some of the technical quirks that we had along the way, but it was widely successful. You know, I mean, we got people interested in the league. We mm. got a lot of people running it. It probably ran for a little too long. I mean, I, I think towards the end, we all kind of got burned out from it, but... Uh, that aside, it's it's just something that I felt like was a great addition to the channel over there. And at the same time, I felt like that was another way to connect with people. Um, because one of the ways to pursuing Path to Partner is, you know, is having that growth. Um, you know, whether if it's just steadily gaining followers or people subbing to the channel or just getting people to know about you. Mm. And honestly, before streaming, I hardly ever used social media which might be hard to believe, but um, I rarely ever used it. But ever since I got into streaming, I've kind of figured out like the the three pillars of what I felt like was necessary for growing a channel was Twitch, YouTube, and Twitter. And because I feel like each one of those three can kind of complement the other. And then some, you know, some like outer ones could be like Instagram or, you know, Snapchat or all the other ones. Like it, it works for different you know, streamers, like, it's not, like, a cookie-cutter formula that everyone can use, but it's, like, okay, it was another way more than just learning how to speedrun something and be better at it, but it was also how to better use things, like, social media, you know, just talking to people, because um, one of the things that I struggled with was mingling with, you know, in the work environment, but I felt like through social media and streaming, I was able to kind of help, you know, not really overcome it immediately, but it was, like, a gradual process of being more comfortable uh, with reaching out to people because like you say not everybody uses webcams or you know mics and you know some people just really focus on running or they'll stream but they just won't use the webcam but for me it was like you know what is something I would like to watch and I could really support it and you know I really thought about this it was like you know I really feel like having you know things like the webcam the mic a good one uh, which is important 
Um, you know, the $2 tin can mic is funny for a little while, but then, Nobody you know, kind of loses its luster. Yeah. You know, but it, it's, uh, it, it did challenge me more as a streamer, a runner, as well as just as an individual, because, uh, one of the other things that I tell people, which, uh, it's not exactly related to partner, but it was, uh, how I was able to grow and then why it was like going into streaming to begin with but uh over the past year and a half like there was some like self-evaluation of just you know where my head was at um not not in a bad negative way but it was just like the you know how to better deal with the anxieties of you know things happening around the world i mean we're in a pandemic and that's not helping things for anybody mm. uh but there was something else uh that was kind of going on that I just didn't really quite understand. Um, so I went and got a, uh, you know, uh, like a neuropsych uh, test where they just basically poke and prod you and ask you questions like 12 different ways mm -hmm. to try to figure out, you know, what it could be because, uh, um, you know, 20, 30 years ago, they didn't really have a good understanding of things like, you know, when kids have, you know, ADD, Tourette's mm -hmm. or, you know things like that but now they have like a whole curriculum on how to identify that stuff and um it turns out um as a as an infant they indicated that i had some kind of like signs of autism but they just didn't know what it was mm -hmm. uh, but now this past year it was identified that it's uh it was uh, autism spectrum disorder with uh, asperger's uh, which i don't admit a lot mm -hmm. Because um, I try to generally keep the streams about what I'm doing and not so much about me personally. But uh, one of the difficulties of why I struggled in the workplace more than just, um, you know, the mentalities and the work environment was, uh, you know, was the autism. Mm -hmm. You know, I was untreated. And same with the anxiety, I was also untreated. And uh, it's... Um, it's not something I admit a lot because... Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there, there's there's people that don't take kindly to uh, stuff like that. Um, you know, there's discrimination and, mm -hmm. you know, plus I, I've seen how tac uh, toxic like some big Twitch chats could be. Right, but right. Uh, but I, I felt like with streaming, it was a way to kind of help, um, you know, cope with what I had because uh, nobody likes being a label. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it was something I felt like could help really identify what was there and accept it you know not accept it as a uh like an affliction mm -hmm. uh but something that's yeah that makes me uniquely different but i could still do things that are you know creative entertaining and expressive and i still feel good about what i'm doing nice well you covered covered a lot there joe thanks for uh yeah. sharing all that i know uh mental health is something that a lot of people just don't think about much or, like you said, even 10 years ago, it's not even that long ago, 20 years ago, not that long ago, um, kids just didn't get tested for things like ADD or depression or mental illness. It's like, oh, that guy's mm -hmm. just lazy. Oh, that guy's just, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I know it affected a lot of, I'm, I'm sure everyone knows a lot of people that it affected. I've had my family affected with mental illness that it is something mm -hmm. that medicine and science is getting better and better. I don't think it's you know, perfect to where it identifies everything perfectly, but people are becoming more aware of mental issues and, and why are people the way they are. 
And it's not just because, yeah. oh, that guy's just lazy. Or, oh, that guy's just, you know, just put another excuse there. But what you said about the workplace. Um, and another thing about workplaces, it's hard to find people that share your interests there. Um, you know, what are you going to do? Talk to Keith and finance about Metal Gear Solid and video games and your TV show? Like, that's not going to happen. So you're there, what, from your average corporate job, 9 to 5? What are you going to talk about? Oh, just work? Maybe the weather? And, you know, that's like 90% of your day is <laughs> Yeah, full. I mean, it also doesn't help when the average, like, median age group in a, like, multiple shop is, like, 40 and up. Yeah. Um. So it's like, there's already, like, a, a difficult bridge to cross. Um, not that there was, like, you know, people that were, like, bad or anything, but it's just, like, it's hard to kind of, yeah, yeah. you know, warm up and connect that way um, when the gap is so wide. But, uh, but I guess why the path to partnership means a lot to me is not only just finding another way to live life you know really and you know tranquility for me mm. but it was also a way to not allow the the conditions of autism to kind of hold me back anymore mm -hmm. um, because there were situations where because again i didn't know about it of why certain things happened the way they did uh, why some social cues were missed or why I reacted in situations where maybe some other person wouldn't affect them. But for me, it was like, there's a truck head in my way and it's like deer in headlights. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's, and it just took some time to gradually uh, be aware and just accept it. You know, it's like, you know, the path to partnership, I think people admire um, going for things like that. And mm -hmm. at the same time for me personally, it's a, it's a goal that can kind of help focus my my energy and things that are really, you know, fruitful, um, you know, in the time that it, you know, comes together. Because I know uh, I saw on Twitter like Blue Metal uh, tried to apply for partnership and didn't get it, which I'll admit, I mean, I would be discouraged yeah. if I saw that. I mean, it's just it's just what it is. But uh, but at the same time, it's like I admire him because he more than just being really good at what he does and you know, Twin Snakes. Um, or even just being godly at mashing, because up until then I was believing that uh, that Tyler was like the best masher. But then I asked him, and he's like, "Oh no, dude, Blue Metal um, has like a whole like you know curriculum of how to mash the controller." Um, and it was just like, "Well, damn. I mean, I'm just lucky to survive substance torture on Euro." And then I see D Live, just like he's just like going like this. It's just like. <laughs> yeah, he's not breaking a sweat, but here I'm just going like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm just giving everything I got just to live, and then then you got Jag that struggles at it so bad, and I was just like, oh man, I feel so bad for him, because I know there's uh, there's games where, you know, he would just excel at it if if, if the mashing wasn't the thing that uh yeah, that would I, that would hold him down. I haven't seen Blue Metal Mash, but have you seen MG Slade Mash? Oh, dude, dude, you're right. He has, dude, like, his index is... finger straight down on the controller, and it's just, like, going so fast. I'm just, like, there's no way I can I can touch it. I can press it that fast. Yeah, his his GDQ, and if you ever see his GDQ, and he's sitting in the chair, and he's got the controller, like, in his lap, and he's got, like, his index finger pointed straight down, I think, and it's just going like a jackhammer on that thing, trying to skip all the You controls. know, I think it was... Uh... I don't know if Tyler did it as well in his GDQ run or if it was plywood that does it like this. Yeah. Because honestly, if I did it like this, I don't know if I could withstand it for Dude, that I, amount of I time. Because for me, I just kind of, I kind of do like the claw method. Here, there's, let me, let me show there, you. there's so many different ways to this do it. This is what I do. I do this. 
I take my left index finger and I put it like right here. I'm trying to show it like this. And then I kind of vibrate with my right hand like this on it. So it's like... It kind of works, but everyone has their own method. Um, <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever makes you is. live is what I tell people. It's like whatever helps you win. Yeah, but going <laughs> so going back to that, yeah, you, you get a lot of love from the MGSR community in the chat and everything. Um, something that Apache said earlier I'd like to touch on is uh, when I so when I first saw your stream, um, I didn't know who the hell you are. I'm like, who's this Joseph Joestar guy? I thought your name was Joseph or Joe or something. I'm like, let me watch him play Metal Gear Solid. So then the first thing that caught me, like, that I was glued to the screen was like your energy you put out there. Just your attitude streaming. So I'm like, well, this guy's this guy's pretty cool. This guy's pretty entertaining. He's engaging with his chat. Um, so that's what drew me into your stream first. And then the more I came in and I saw you day to day, like you said, you were doing that chat connecting. You were running the games, but you weren't just silent the whole time. Even if the other thing is a lot of people depend on their chat to be active and they'll be active. So if their chat's active, then they're active. But if their chat's kind of dead, then they're dead as well. So what I really like about you is you always kept the energy up. And I always had your... So whenever... So like uh, you were saying earlier about your job, that's kind of like where I'm at now. It's like, it's kind of boring. I'm just doing it to pay the bills. So I'll have... I'll be at work and I'll have your stream up just lurking in the background. And just you just kept me entertained the whole time. So just uh, much well, love I'm, for, I'm for glad me. You, I'm glad you liked the stream. I always check it out. So even if I'm not chatting all the time... Always got you on a monitor, just uh, just watching your stream. So enough to path to partner. Let's talk win back. What is this game? Just randomly <laughs> go into your stream one day, and I'm like, this kind of looks like Metal Gear. He's got like the the sneaking suit kind of thing from MGS One going on, but then people are yelling this way and that way. And what is this game? How did you start it? And and what's going on with oh, this game? Man. So how did this whole thing come of you? Getting out of Metal Gear, Metal Gear, and running this windback game. Yeah, I, I'm just laughing at the the chat's reaction to this because uh, you know I, I love you guys. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so why windback and and how it started? So I was I was playing MGS2 one day and I forgot who originally asked this topic, uh, but like I was just talking about stuff and then someone had asked me what were some old games I like to play growing up that was like not Metal Gear related and um, I was just kind of go over some of them, like, oh, yeah, I played Goldeneye, you know, I played Ocarina of Time, but then it was like, bad. but there was this one game that I couldn't beat, but I remembered some of it, but I just didn't know the name. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, someone was curious about, like, well, we'll describe it. So I was like, oh, well, it's, you know, like, it was, uh, you know, third person, you know, you had a pistol with a laser sight, you also had a shotgun and an SMG, guards would be shooting at you, they'd be yelling at you going in from room to room and uh you know then they're like oh it was win back and i was like dude that was the game um so then i was going on about it so i did some research on like mm. okay is there a way to play this still uh because for those maybe not knowing what it is uh it was originally released for the uh nintendo 64 in 1999 uh, which n64 controller goes i don't know how i did it <laughs> um because I can barely do it on a DualShock 3 now mm -hmm. just to do it well enough. But anyways, it comes out in 99, and then it gets ported over to the PS2 a year later, um, which is, uh, I was just trying to research, like, okay, how could I play this? It's like, okay, do I have an N64? Nope. Um, I mean, unless if I emulate it, but then 
okay, well, what about this PS2 version? I mean, that that's pretty, you know, wide open. I mean, that's easier to find. Uh, so then I was like, okay, can I get this on the PS4 PSN store? Shockingly enough, nope, it's not there. So I, I was like, okay, what if I try the PSN store on the PS3? And lo and behold, win back covert operations. And I was just like, dude, light bulb went off. I was looking for another game to add at the time. I just didn't know which one. And when I saw that and I was able to play it, I was like, yep, we're, we're going back to win back. Um, but anyway, so it, it's basically to summarize what win back is, it's, um, you know, terrorists take control of this Gulf Satellite Weapon Control Center, which basically destroys whatever it targets. It has a three-hour charge, which you're incentivized to basically take control back within those three hours, mm -hmm. which is also nice for speedrunning because then you're always going to get the good ending. Um, but why this game for as a speed run? Well, when I looked on the boards, there was only one run uh, for easy any percent, which was also the person that manages the board, which is uh, uh, Mark Andre, which also goes by the name of Daisy Fan on Twitch. And so I watched their run. And I was like, you know, I could see doing this. I mean, the the first thing I did was play through the whole game, you know, mm -hmm. somewhat casually because I wanted to figure out how to even play it again because. The last time that I played Winback, I mean, I was in elementary school, as young as I look. Uh, but no, it was I, was I was in elementary school and I didn't even beat it. Like I, I probably rage quit so many times and I would like to admit trying to play the damn thing. But mm -hmm. so I played through the whole thing, hilarious, cringy cutscenes and all, which is honestly the best part of the game. Not just the guard saying this way. Um, but it was to figure out like how to play it, and then the idea of speed running it was. Okay, it's not exactly Metal Gear game. Stealth doesn't matter, which is nice, because, again, that's one less thing I have to worry about in a run. But it was more in the comfort zone of, like, an any percent. Kind of like an MGS4. It's just all about being efficient. Movement menus, mm -hmm. um, swapping your weapons at the right time, being aware of the guards in the room and, you know, what to look out for and, you know, return fire. And... The run that was on the board was a 158.47. And so my original goal was, okay, let's see if I can get to this. And so I my very first run of Winback was like a whopping 3 hours, 50 minutes. It, it took me a while. I got lost a lot. I died a lot. Then I got it down to 3 hours, 2 and a half hours, 2.06. And then after that 2.06, without realizing it at the time when I finished... I broke the world record at 158.46, and now I have now beaten that down to a 157. Um, and there's definitely time on the board to uh, get it down even further. And so I win back after everything. It's like, you know, I love Metal Gear to heart, uh, but I always wanted to add something that added some unique variety without forcing it. Mm. Um, something that meant something to me that could be entertaining for those to watch, whether they've heard of the game or not. And I think over time, and I can already see in the chat, <laughs> you know, there's people that just love it. I mean, they just, what if it's, what if I do good or bad, or if it's just, you know, the guards banter, which I kind of, you know, encourage it. There's clips of me just screwing around and then the guards are saying the same thing that I am, or I'm trying to get them to say certain things and people just love it. Mm -hmm. You know, because honestly, when I first did it, I was kind of like questioning, okay, are people going to really like this? Because they're like, okay, Metal Gear, Metal Gear, Metal Gear, win back, what? Because right. um, some people don't like surprises. But over time, as I got better 
and showed that I was really serious about getting better at it. And then they just warmed up to it. And then in turn, really motivated me to keep going for it until I just somehow broke record. Uh, which again, shout outs to Daisy fan, you know, uh, you know, it was a great target to shoot for. I mean, both of our runs had deaths in it. I'm trying to get it down to like zero deaths, which is it's harder than it looks, even though on easy, it's just, uh, the guards are really the worst thing in the game. They're the best and the worst. They're the best because of the, you know, quality entertainment, but they're the worst mm -hmm. because they're the ones responsible for your deaths, like half the time. Yeah. Um, but it's, um, but also it's because that I had this, you know, invigoration for learning a new game, a new category, really improve upon it, that it got accepted into uh, this heartbreak marathon along with MGS4 any percent. So, so got the, something for for the both of us. You know, so know it's uh when you're running those two games. When are you running those two games and what's the Twitch channel that they could find you at? Uh let's see, it's gonna be let me see. I believe it's gonna be on the Thunderthon <laughs> Twitch channel. And the dates, which I don't think those are gonna change. I know some people are just confirming their uh, time slots. But I'm just pulling up the schedule right here. So it's gonna be on February 27th, so it's gonna be a Saturday. And my first run, which is going to be win back, is going to be at 2.06 p.m. CST. And then I'm actually ending the marathon, which I've never been on the tail end of a marathon of anything in my you're life. The, so that's closer. going to be fun. You're the big closer. Yeah, I'm the closer. So I'll be closing with MGS4 any percent. Nice. At, I'm trying to think. It's like, I think it's like 11 p.m. And then Sarge has the honor of... Uh, doing commentary if he's awake for it and if i'm awake for running the game because it's it's gonna be a long one but you know i asked him if he was okay with it and he's like yeah you know if i'm up for it i'll mm -hmm. do it because the you know you and him uh, you guys know the the run pretty well uh, at least more than me but uh but yeah so it's uh it's gonna be a lot of fun and then i just want to shout out to mayu for you know making me aware of that marathon i mean she was really trying to you know, express interest, like if I wanted to get into something, because uh, uh, I am going to do commentary for Cool Man's uh, Ground Zero Stealth No Kills run for ESA Winter 2021, which is going to be on the 15th, I think. Mm -hmm. I'll have to double check, but uh, I had run that game a year before with him as my commentator, and now the seats are different where he'll be running the game and I'm the commentator, which honestly... Shoutouts to Cool Man. You know, we've motivated each other to get better at the game. And the guy, when he puts his mind to it, he is just, uh, you know, he's just a machine. Yeah. On how good he is. OCM is a, um, is a beast when it comes to, like, whatever game he runs. I, I've only seen him run, like, um, Ground Zeroes and Phantom Pain. And when he gets going, mm -hmm. dude's an animal at that game. It's yeah. like It's like IL strats putting it all together. And he eventually gets that, gets that time going. But, yeah. Uh, really cool. We're, we're, or at least I'm definitely gonna be tuning in um, for those. But you, this is something that I want to bring up that you have three, at least three runs in that weekend. You have your win back run, you have your mm -hmm. MGS4 run, and then you have the MGS3 race the tourney. Are, are you a little um, 
nervous about learning three games. You have to be on top of your game for all three games in that weekend. Trying to juggle well, them all and keeping it fresh. Well, I mean, honestly, as far as like going from one game to the next, I mean, for those that watch me, I tend to do that regularly anyway. That's part of what helps keeps me, you know, from going crazy trying to grind a game to death. But uh -huh. uh, the more concern I have at the at the moment is if the scheduling um, will work out because I got to be sure that I can even race in this tourney, you know, first of all. And mm -hmm. then if if it doesn't conflict with any of the other runs, great. But um for me it's not so much like oh if i ran let's say mgs2 the day before I mean, am i gonna be okay to run mgs3 i mean with some little practice i mean it's more than enough as long as it's not something like oh yeah i haven't touched mgs4 in four weeks let's go into the marathon without right, practice right. it's like no i i try to have it be re relatively recent where it's like okay you know, I know how to do the run. I've memorized the menus and, you know, I might make a mistake here and there, but if it fits the estimate, I mean, that's fine. Um, but I guess as far as like, you know, can I go from win back to Euro MGS3 to MGS4 any percent? I mean, to tell you the truth, I mean, the hardest game to run out of all of those three is MGS3. Um, mm -hmm. Followed by win back and then MGS4 any percent. Not to, to disparage MGS4, but just what each run consists of like an mgs3 i mean you and i know the rooms are they're unforgiving i mean it requires a lot of precision mm -hmm. um and and try to minimize it continues uh win back not worrying about stealth but i mean it's easy to die in that game and it, the continues add up and mm -hmm. over time and then for mgs4 any percent it's just going from point a to point b as fast as possible which i'll admit my menus aren't the greatest um which is on my to-do list and i'm sure sergeant silence already got like a laundry a list of things for me to improve on for you yeah to <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i i i really adore the guy because like he you know he really does uh contribute to uh you know helping the game be better i mean he's mm. helped me um personally like he sat down with me one day and it's like okay this is how you're going to do frogs in Act 1. I don't want to see you doing the other one anymore until you learn this one with the satchels, not the uh -huh. stupid sleek gas mines, the things you were doing before. It's like, no, this is how you're going to do it if you want to save time. And it it took a while, but over time, it really did pay off. So I, um, you know, like Mac McD, I also want to give shout outs to Sergeant Silent. The guy is you know one of the nicest guys i know and he mm, runs definitely. just about everything and yeah, i mean yeah. everything super you know, nice but and helpful guy. on the games that he runs he's yeah and the games that he runs he's good at but like he runs everything yeah. more than just metal gear sometimes a little too too many games he's got on his plate but uh yeah let's go all right so we're approaching the hour 10 minute mark now you run a lot of metal gear games you're one of the few people in the community that runs you know more than two i think two or three is like the maybe the average but there's a difference between like running it at the highest level that you aim for and then just kind of knowing the game a little bit so give me your rankings the, the games that you know what do you enjoy from top to bottom it could be today your list could change tomorrow your list could change the next day so just tell me what do you enjoy running at the metal gear games it doesn't it doesn't mean the bottom one you hate it just means you know it's not as much enjoy as the top one so give me your list all right that's fair enough um but i guess aside from myself i mean jaguar king probably takes the the title of knowing the most metal gear games and i don't 
want to compete with that. I mean, he can he can have it. Um, but going back to the rankings, so uh, at the number one on my list, it, it has to be MGS2. It's what I started with. It's a game that I grew up with. Um, there's times where it gets aggravating. I even nicknamed the tanker the SS Papega for a reason because, you know, it's the tanker that you don't want to be stuck in and your dreams of getting a PB sail yeah. away with you. Uh, but I, I do like it for just, you know, for the just as the game. Um, and then, yeah, the mistakes happen uh, for speedruns, but I just like it for what it is. Um, after that would be MGS4. Um, again, it's a little bit longer run. Um, there's some downtime, but I had some good memories of, you know, learning the big boss strats, uh, trying to go for the rank from multi-segment to now single segment. Plus there was MGO2 um, when it was still supported. Um, so overall, like, good like uh, nostalgia behind it. And then after that would be MGS3. Um, like MGS2, the run length is about the same, um, but the challenges are different. And uh, the fact that there's more boss fights, which I, honestly, I kind of like the boss fights in that game over too, just because the agree. simple fact there's more of them. Mm -hmm. And some of them are more than just going left and right in yeah. a box on Euro, hoping fortune doesn't hit you. Um, not saying that it's not a good strat. I mean, like plywood, I also love using the box. I don't like doing the iframe peaking strat that I know Tyler, Jaguar King, I don't know who else does it. I'm I mean, also it, it's, in the, it's in fine. The box. I also prefer the box. Yeah, I love the box. I can't be without the box on, <laughs> on your extreme of MGS2. And, and funny enough, MGS3 also depends on the box, which again, shout out to all the cardboard boxes out there. Um, but I, again, I just like it for what it is. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, Euro with Goid can get frustrating, but I, I still like it for, okay. um, for just learning it. Fair enough. Um, fair after that would be, uh, Twin Snakes. Uh, shorter run. Uh, sometimes I can get in trouble going from MGS2 to Twin Snakes, and I'm sure there's others that know exactly what that's like, because you look at the elevator panel and you're thinking up triangle, up triangle, up triangle. Then it's like, no. Oh, you actually got to pay attention. <laughs> you know, you can't do that. Um, and then, so that's one. And then two, some of the boss fights in that game are just horrendous. The tank, Hind D, Sniper Wolf 2. Sometimes or even if you're positioning on the floor, if you're trying to do the, the sniping strat. Mm. Um, and then, of course, for me is the rope, which Tyler has told me that if I ever got serious about going back into Twin Snakes, that he would, like, help me master the ways of grabbing the rope because I was always doing it the wrong way and I would lose runs to it. I would lose the rank to it and I was always dreading it. So he's like, yeah, man, you know, next time you're back in it, you know, just, you know, contact me, you know, we'll try to get you in working condition to master the ways of uh, grabbing that rope. Um, let's see. Then after that would be, uh, MGS1. Um, I started doing all bosses at first, which I think over time I started to not like it as much, even mm. though you do kind of get the full game experience. But I started to like it more once I learned how to do any percent, uh, which was mainly, you know, learning the vent glitch, the weapons glitch, and then falling through the, the stairs in Tower B. Um, so shout out to Plywood for, um, for making those tutorials because like the swim glitch in mgs2 
I went right to the wiki, looked up some of the segments I was stuck on. Plywood did a very uh, well-explained tutorial on how to do it, as well as like what things not to do uh, when trying to do them. And it was, you know, it, it just clicked right away. So it made me reappreciate the game again. Um, well, at the same time, it's like, yeah, I still got to work on my repel. Um, because the only reason why I can't do extreme any percent is because my health damage is pretty bad. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't have enough health to, like, survive doing the weapons glitch and tower B if I get there. Um, but overall, you know, good game for both, like, any percent, all bosses. Uh, let's see, then after that would be Revengeance. Um, I know it's a game that everybody favors at times you know it's not quite the same as yeah. the others um but i do like it for being what it is it's just a nice hack and slash game where you can just go go yeah. crazy that's you know like, just do what you want one of the not games just... where i don't run it and i have no plans to run it but when i watch you run it it's really enjoyable to watch um you just make yeah, it see, enjoyable that's... to watch yes that that's the thing why i keep up with it is because you know it just seems like generally everybody including me has fun yeah. Um, when I run that game and, uh, you know, boss fights, I mean, especially the music, you know, the soundtrack is, mm. um, absolutely epic. I mean, you may not like the game as much, but the music yeah. is incredible. Uh, but overall, I mean, it's, uh, it's a good run. Um, there's some things that can definitely get you tilted, such as like, you know, the first fight with Ray, mm. you know, it's, you know, early RNG check, um, you know, some out of bounds glitches I got to pull off. Um, but overall it's a good game. Uh, then after that, I'm trying to think if there's any games I missed. Ground Zeroes. Uh, well, then there's Ground Zeroes, which I hate to put it last, but only Ooh. because at the moment I'm I'm kind of on a pause yeah. with it. But because again, it's it's the shortest run I can do. But for those that have watched me grind it, it's a stressful game. It might be 30 minutes, but it's. You know, Cool Man will say the same thing. It's like, you can just lose your mind trying to get a good run in that game because there's there's so many variables you have to go up against. It's not this, you know, going MGS3 with a room and guards are moving in a predictable way. I mean, because now you're dealing with the mechanics of the Fox engine. Then you got camera manipulation. You know, if you aim the camera a certain way, a guard will stop. But then if you aim the camera away, they'll start moving faster. And then there's this spotlight rush you got to do to get underneath the blind spot and hope the guard on the left doesn't hear you. Mm -hmm. And then there's when Morpho flies overhead, the guards disperse, and it's not the same every time. And when you're trying to get a good run, especially in something like stealth no-kills where you can't have alerts, I mean, it just it could just get out of hand quickly. And by the time you even get a run, it may not even be a PB, but you're just so like invested in it. But then when you're not happy with it, you're just like, yeah. It's like, why? So generally, the shorter um, the but... games are, the more optimized they usually get. So when you and OCM yes. would compete against each other and take that time lower and lower for like a less than a 30-minute run, you know, 20-some-odd minutes, like if you mess up like 10 seconds, 15 seconds, the world record's gone from you. It, it, when, you, oh, yeah. when, you when you and him just go back and forth and optimize it by seconds, by seconds, by seconds... It just becomes hell to do it and to do it live on stream where you're resetting within the first two minutes over and over and over yeah i can understand why at this point you know you put that um i probably reset on the first mission more than any of the others oh yeah 
because it's it's the hardest mm -hmm. um it's not the longest um but there's the most things you got to do to get right if you want to get a good start to your run yep and um you know but i guess the one thing that makes me appreciate the game even though i i hate to rank it last but it was a game that i added to learn for like a new run um i wasn't all about any percent at the time i just didn't quite get it but i was looking at stealth no kills and no one had ran it yet so i was like well why is that you know so i kind of doing some missions there some missions there um kind of get a feel for if is it worth it and it's like you know i think i can make this work so i put mm -hmm. a 45 minute together you know yeah you know rough draft of a run i mean it was a run but it wasn't the greatest um Coleman looks at it, he's like yeah dude i mean i like what you did but here's what you can do to make it better um so then it's like okay then we got it down to like 36 minutes then like 33 minutes and then wakiyaku uh as a japanese speedrunner he does a couple of attempts and submits twice to get record and he um he changed the first mission to what it is now even though any percent already does it but no one had done it in a stealth no kills run up until when he did it because by then you know you're forced to do it if you want to get that time save mm -hmm. which because of that now the mission's a lot harder uh than what it used to be but even though yeah as we got the time further and further and further down um i still take appreciation for the fact that i kind of helped you know laid the foundation right uh for people that get interested in it. i mean there's people that do il run submissions now mm -hmm. um i mean if anybody wants to take up the mantle of stealth no kills i mean don't let my words discourage you or what coleman said earlier in his uh warning shot run i mean we do um appreciate people just playing the mm -hmm. game um but if you do run stealth no kills i mean just be patient uh, that's what i would tell myself is like just just be patient it's an unforgiving category. The game will not care if you're on PB World Record pace. Shit will happen, but be mm -hmm. patient. Um, it does pay off, which, again, uh, I think once I get through all these um, events coming up, I do intend on like going back into it because uh, Coleman's broken his record twice, um, and I just kind of like stopped playing it for a bit. Uh, but I do want to go back to it. Wait, are you muted? Oh, wait, am I muted? Am I muted? No? Check. Yeah, oh, not, now I hear you again. Okay, you hear me. All right, uh, good. Yeah, yeah, too I many, thought I was like stuck in the abyss. Too many hotkeys going <laughs> on. Uh, I was Iber TTV sub for one month because I was muted. Thank you very much uh, for supporting uh, Metal Gear Speedrunners. Okay, so what I was saying is, although. I'm kind of in the same boat as Apache and a lot of other uh, runners where we didn't run the game, but it was really enjoyable watching you and OCM battle it out and then develop the strats to what it is. Like you said, shoutouts to Wakiyaku, um, a really great runner. I think he has the world record for the um, for the hard Ground Zeroes IL as well. So shoutouts yeah. to him also. But yeah, it was really yeah, he was able to. Yeah, he was able to figure out a way to do it uh, because running from normal to hard in that game is light and day. It's not the same. And he was able to get it like just as competitive yeah. uh, within the range of what a normal run could do. And he does things that are so incredibly risky. Like when I was watching, I was like, dude, 
your chopper was like <laughs> a bullet or two away from blowing up. It mm -hmm. was on fire. You could have thrown a stone at it and the thing would have gone down, but he was able to get it to work. Yeah. And um, but yeah, shout it, out to him. He also did it on New Game. He didn't even pick up any weapons to start out or he didn't even use any uh, lethal weapons when you... So the difference between normal and hard besides, you know, the obvious where guard visions get better and all that is Snake doesn't have any lethal weapons when he starts in uh, hard. But in New Game, he does have a lethal rifle. So what uh, mm -hmm. Wakiyaku did that was really cool is he held a guy up and then when he was held up, he dropped his weapon and he picked that up and he used it to like take out the camera and do all that stuff. So really, really entertaining. Um, but yeah, thanks for your rankings, Joe. We'll see if your rankings change as time goes on and other games move up in your rankings, other move lower. But all right, let's wind this down, uh, wrap up this podcast. Uh, let's do some rapid fire questions. So you don't have to give me one word answers, but uh, you got to keep your answers brief, Joe. Okay. Can't you can't right, give a it. ten minute uh, answer to here? Okay, so if you had to pick a new game to run, MGS or non MGS, what would it be? Uh, for right now, it would be uh, MGS. Which MGS one? I'm saying if you had to choose a specific game, not just in the MGS series, like you have to learn a new game you have not learned yet. It could be any game you want. It could be in the MGS series or outside of it. Um, which game would it be? Uh, let's see. If I were to like pick one. Mm -hmm. That you don't know yet. You don't know the route yet. I would say Peace Walker. Okay. Good answer. Um, okay. Next question. Why, when, where did, did it originate? People started calling you Long Name Joe. Because I've seen it posted a lot of places, but I have no idea what the origins are. So give me the background so I can get in, into this joke. <laughs> uh, let's see. I don't know who to uh, pin it on, but I'm pretty sure it's between Apache and D-Limes. Just, you know, my name doesn't fit in the Node CG oh. um, when they're updating it. So one of them said it jokingly, and then they just... <laughs> I'm pretty sure D-Limes uh, puts it in whenever he's, like, watching funny um so that that's where it comes from funny story so you see at the bottom of the stream where it says your twitch and it says your uh twitter so when i was updating this last episode it was plywood so i had plywood's twitch plywood's twitter when i put your twitter name it stretched out all the way over the or when, it, when i put your twitch name it stretched out all the way over the twitter and your name was too long <laughs> so i had to move the twitter logo and name to the other side and yeah it's all my fault okay okay at least now i know where it uh originated from uh what's a good advice you can give to new runners that are in the mgs <laughs> they updated the I'm stream the <laughs> don't look at the stream title <laughs> wait, wait wait what did the stream title say hold on i gotta look uh Oh my the mandatory God. codec episode seven long name joe okay whoever did that that was that was pretty good i'll give you that one i think it was d limes yeah but anyways yeah that that's where it comes from so okay. what do you got next okay next is a new a new runner that that first jumps into mgsr they're like i'm looking for a new game or i'm looking for any tips to get started in speedrunning. i've seen it all the time it's a very broad general question what would you tell them uh, pick a game that you like um, as your first one. I agree. 
if you don't like the game, you don't like playing it a thousand times, you're not gonna enjoy um, speedrunning it as well. Uh, what's a game that, in the MGS series, that you don't really have fun or you don't know yet, but you enjoy watching others run it? Like for me, it was uh, for me it was the normal uh, stealth no kills between you and OCM. It was that as well as Rising. Like I have no intention of playing those, but I always whenever someone does run it between you and him, I always tune in. Is there for me, it's split between uh, Phantom Pain Chapter One, any percent finish, or when OCM was doing uh, mm. the stealth no kills category for that, and then. Uh, whenever Plywood runs Rising, or not Rising, but uh, sur Survive. Really? Um, I remember watching like a full run of his, and given the hate that the game gets, but mm. I was really fascinated with how he got interested enough to where he would optimize it and, you know, really go for like world record times. Um, so while, yeah, I didn't see myself playing it, but I admired it from a standpoint of, you know, trying to add a, another game into the list of you know things to work on like as a project and then turn it into something good nice nice okay um totally all the rapid ones i had for you um so anyway joe thanks for joining me for this podcast um i got to know you you know i don't know you very well but i do interact with you every now and then you're always a cool guy always down to earth really enjoy talking to you um everybody loves you in mgsr you're like one of the guys where like everyone gets along with everyone's is cool with everyone in mgsr you know loves you great welcoming presence can always chat with you about whatever so thanks for joining me joe and uh keep on streaming while we all continue on your path to partner yeah and i guess i just want to thank uh you know uh again mac mcd for introducing me to the community discord mm -hmm. uh for mgsr um i also want to thank uh plywood for you know, talking me into joining the staff position uh, within MGSR. Um, I know they were looking for people to help manage the social media uh, with, uh, along with Apache. Uh, so the two of us were brought in to help do that. And, uh, you know, of course, now we have a social media design team. Um, so it's just more than, you know, two strong, uh, you know, forces of life mm -hmm. trying to manage the thing. But, uh, but overall, I just want to just thank everybody in MGSR for just, um, doing what you do and you know i just love being a part of this community uh, mm. what if it's on my stream or just through things like this through relays whatever it is and i always will treasure that sounds good as uh who is this red sided said it better than i could real genuine real long name couldn't have said it better myself oh god <laughs> but yeah that'll uh That'll wrap it up as I got uh, Joseph Joestar. I'm sure I'm going to reach out to you, do another podcast. There's so many topics that we didn't discuss in this episode that will continue on in the next one. Um, so thanks for joining me. This has been episode seven. If you'd like to be on the podcast, um, you can join our Discord, go to the links and application, and send an application to be on this podcast. Um, the Discord links in chat, if you're listening to this, you can go to twitch.tv slash Metal Gear Speedrunners and the Discord links there. Or just shoot me a DM. Be like, you know what? I'm too lazy to fill out the form. Shoot me a DM and we'll schedule it. So um, remind us one more time, Joe. Uh, where can we... When is your marathon? It's on the 27th, correct? 27th and 28th? 
What was it? Twenty seven. Uh, it's it, it. Well, the marathon is twenty sixth through the twenty seventh. It's two days, mm -hmm. and I'll be on the twenty seventh. Okay. Uh, at two different time slots, there is a uh, submissions link that I may have posted in my Discord somewhere, but. Um, I generally remind people on my Twitter and Discord on just okay. about everything I'm involved in for events and um, things related to that. So make sure. Um, so it's uh, make sure you give a follow to Joe. His Twitter is on the stream at the bottom, and if you're listening to it, it's Joe Joestar three one six, J O J O E Star three one six, and you can follow him on Twitch as well. Joseph Joestar three one six. Spelling is pretty regular on that one so thanks joe we're gonna go offline um we'll see you guys next time peace all right thank you for hosting